Hello, you're listening to Insurance Covered, the podcast that examines and explains the inner workings of the insurance industry. My name is Peter Mansfield. I'm a partner of the law firm RPC, and in each episode, I will discuss an aspect of the insurance market with a leading individual from the insurance world. Please note that this episode was recorded prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. This week, we have Elliot Moore with us, and our topic is the small one of Lloyd's of London. Elliot is currently the Senior Programme and Marketing Manager of Lloyd's, and we'll find out in a moment what that actually is. However, before that, he was at an organisation called FISITA, F-I-S-I-T-A, which is an organisation whose sole purpose is to bring together the motor engineers of the world in a spirit of cooperation, which I have to say is, is lovely and is something which we could do more of at the moment. Um, and then before that, he was at the British Council. Uh, and before that, he, was, he spent a year at Shine North Independent Television Production Company, which sounds just uh, a little bit Alan Partridge, Elliot. So, Elliot Maul, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Morning, Peter. Thank you. Um, and to start with, I was looking at your, your LinkedIn profile and I saw that you read Spanish and film studies at university. So how on earth did you get from there to the world of insurance? Very good question. Um, so, yeah, I, I started off uh, studying Spanish at the University of Manchester. Um, fantastic city. Had a very, very good time there. Um, and... Uh, my love of languages was allied with a, a love of film. And I, actually, it was one of the reasons that um, that I, I really got into languages so much was uh, foreign cinema at the time. Um, I had some some great teachers at school who who used film and TV and radio to to try and get uh, kids a bit more interested in French, German, and Spanish. It certainly worked for me on the Spanish side of things. So are you, uh, was it an Almodovar? Yeah, yeah. That pronunciation? Almodovar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, big fan? Yeah, big fan, big fan. A uh, few hits and misses there, but yeah, the old stuff's quite quite fun. Um, and I, I lived in Madrid as well, so it was it was quite amazing uh, studying the films and then actually living in the city uh, and seeing seeing where he'd actually kind of drawn inspiration from and, and, uh, and, and used those different locations. So yeah, another great city, really is. But you're at Lloyd's now. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so, so your role now is senior programming and marketing manager. So what, what does that mean? <laughs> so I, I kind of wear two hats. So I sit within the marketing team and uh, work really closely with our business development team within the corporation of Lloyd's. So the corporation basically help oversee the running of the market. But in my specific role, um, half of what I do is um, leading the global development centre. So that is uh, bringing... Uh, insurance and reinsurance brokers, risk managers and, and cover holders into Lloyd's to better understand how it works, how to better access it, um, and then to provide a platform for the market to promote um, their products, their capabilities and their expertise. And then the other half of my role is um, kind of stakeholder engagement with um, managing agents and, and with brokers as well. And I guess we'll delve a little bit deeper into what managing agents yeah. actually means. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, so Lloyds of London is obviously a name that um, most people will have heard of in, in, in some way. Um, and obviously, it's a huge topic and there are many ways in which we can discuss it. And in future podcasts, I'm hoping to look at the history of Lloyds and kind of maybe specific elements of it and how it works. Um, but today, we're going to be providing an overview, really, of what Lloyds is and how it fits within the insurance industry as a whole. So kind of to start with, could you please explain to us what, what Lloyds of London actually 
is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Lloyd's is the world's leading insurance and reinsurance marketplace. Um, we've been around for uh, over 300 years. Um, started off uh, in the format of a coffee shop, um, and uh, and now um, you know we bring together the, the collective intelligence of uh, underwriters and brokers to develop relevant and innovative um, insurance products. So uh, Lloyd's, for example, has about a third of the world's cyber premiums. Um, so we've we pioneered a lot of products and there's a huge amount of diversity of business um, within the market. So um, our kind of classification of classes of business, we cover 60 lines of business and that could be Everything from uh, renewable energy to cyber to uh, property to um, nat cat uh, and, and sorry nat cat sorry natural natural catastrophe um, insurance. So what you're saying is Lloyd's is not itself an insurer; it is the marketplace within which insurers can trade. Precisely that. Yeah. So, so what sort of insurers do you get at Lloyd's? Well, it's a, it's a huge range. So both uh, large, medium and small um, in a similar way that, you know, in any marketplace works, uh, there's a huge diversity of business. So across uh, the market, we've got 55 managing agents, uh, some of which are really well-known household names, uh, some of which are um, very well-respected smaller entities that have traded in Lloyd's for, you know, over 100 years. And uh, so we've got those 55 managing agents and they manage 99 syndicates. Okay, so, so syndicates, I mean, that, that, that's the magic Lloyd's word, isn't it? So, <laughs> so what, what is a syndicate and, and how are they named? So um, for your legal listeners, I've managed to pluck out the, uh, the legal term or legal definition of what a, a syndicate is. So that's a member or group of members underwriting insurance business at Lloyd's through the agency of a managing agent to which a syndicate number is assigned by the council. So uh, obviously very clear now. <laughs> as clear as day. As clear as day. So the, the basic way to think about it is that um, basically managing agents are there to manage the syndicates and then the syndicates are the actual underwriting teams who are, who are underwriting the business. Um, and you, you mentioned uh, syndicate numbers as well. So this is, this is a quite a nice part of Lloyd. So our new entrance team within the Lloyd's Corporation help to uh, bring uh, new entrants into the market and, and help them get set up. And part of that process is, um, is making sure that they have a syndicate number under which they can operate. The prospective syndicates will choose a number. So that could be between, I think it's between 0001 and 5,000 um, at the moment. So those are the numbers that are available. Um, and in a similar way to uh, hurricanes and, and, and tropical storms, um, we have that list of, of numbers and um, some numbers are, are either retired or um, they are reused after a period of um, 15 years or so. Um, but basically the, pr- the prospective syndicate will um, say, I want to be syndicate number, I don't know, 0107 or whatever. Um, and then our new entrance team will go and check whether that's available. And if it is, then that, that will then become the name of the syndicate once they're through all of the, the hurdles that they need to go through. You know, syndicate numbers are, are, are not necessarily arbitrary. Some of them could be... So there's a, there's a story of one syndicate whose uh, syndicate number was the, the um, chief executive's uh, extension, uh, <laughs> his phone extension. But then there are other uh, syndicates who, who've uh, put you know, a huge amount of thought into it. So, for example... 
Syndicate 1969 is uh, Apollo Syndicate. And um, Neil Armstrong was a key backer. Um, he was an original backer of, of the Apollo Syndicate. So 1969 is, is the date of the lunar landing. Um, you've got Everest Re, who was Syndicate 2786. Um, and that signifies the longitude and latitude of Mount Everest. And then more recently, um, you've got uh, Munich Re Syndicate 1840. Um, so this, this is their newest syndicate, um, and that's looking at um, more innovative and emerging risks business, um, renewables, uh, parametric weather covers, things like that. Um, but the 1840 comes from uh, the date of uh, the marriage of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert of Germany. So it's that kind of bringing together of, of the UK and Germany um, with Munich Re. Absolutely. I like that bit of history. Could you help us actually to visualise Lloyds? For someone who hasn't actually physically been in the Lloyds building, could you help us? If, if you come through the main door, what do you see? Um, so for, firstly, I, I wanted to ask whether you like the building itself, because it, it is a bit of a Marmite building. Well, I must admit, when I first started working in London, I saw it, not knowing what it was. And I just assumed it was still in the process of being built. Um, and then a year later, it hadn't changed. So I sort of vaguely reached the conclusion that it had been completed. Um, but no, I love it. I, I, I think it's, well, it's, it's iconic, isn't it? It, it's, it? it is like no other building, well, other than the Pompidou Centre, perhaps. Um, but certainly unlike any other building in, in London. And when you go inside, I think it's... It's a truly spectacular building. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it is utterly unique. Um, so I think probably the first thing that you would notice as you enter the building is our friendly but very authoritative uh, security team. <laughs> and then once you've uh, you've picked up your your pass from the um, from the main desk, then you would go through the through the security gates and you'd see the coffee shop in front of you. And this obviously is a, a, a nod back to our roots as, you know, Lloyd's being uh, the coffee house where uh, businessmen and, and uh, ship owners would come together to share risk. From there, you'd go up uh, the escalators into what's known as the underwriting room or the room. Um, and this is a, 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 an expanse of marble floor with a rostrum at one end. So the, it's basically like a, a mahogany altar, some people have just <laughs> kind of described it as. And that was built by um, Sir Edwin Cooper and designed for our 1928 building. So you have a, a, a beautiful 12-gallery uh, tall atrium um, that brings in light into the underwriting room. And surrounding this, this marble uh, reception, this kind of rectangular marble reception area, um, which sits at the centre of the building, are uh, all of the underwriting boxes. So hundreds of underwriting boxes surrounding um, that, uh, that, that marble floor. And that proceeds up four galleries. Um, so uh, as you look up, you'll see similar kind of layout. And, and it was designed this way so that uh, when the business expanded, there was always room for more box space, hence all of the utilities being situated on the outside of the building. And then talked a little bit about the, the history on, on Gallery 4. What you'll find now is, uh, is the Lloyd's Lab. Um, so thinking very much about the, the present and the future, um, the Lloyd's Lab is a dedicated space uh, for insurtechs to come in and partner with the market. Uh, we've gone through, I think we're on our third coach. Yeah, so so startup um, firms who will come in with 
Uh, and they might not be uh, related to the insurance industry. They might just be um, tech firms, you know, think of Silicon Valley or startups um, who have an idea about how they could um, how they could benefit the insurance industry or disrupt somewhere um, so that we could provide either greater value for our clients or you know improve processes. It might be new product ideas like things like parametric insurance um, or it might be uh, new digital exchanges that are being developed there as well. But physically it is, I mean we talk about it as a marketplace but that's not in a sort of metaphorical sense it's in a literal sense isn't it so in the same way that I'll go to Borough Market and you'd see a stall there for, for pizza a stall there for paella a stall there for fish a stall it, that's exactly the same you go into Lloyd's you go up the escalators and that there's a there's a, a syndicate there for whatever it might be a syndicate there for something else it, it is physically a marketplace exactly that yeah exactly that and it ebbs and flows throughout the day as well so it has a real energy to it um, so you'll have uh, all of the boxes um, surrounding that that underwriting room uh, floor, and then um, at those boxes will sit the underwriters, um, and they'll have their computers set up there, phones, everything, um, and the, the brokers will come into the building um, and sit face to face with the underwriter. And I think that that is a real differentiator. Um, you know, a certain amount of business is is uh, done via email and via uh, digital communications, but there is always the opportunity for the broker and the underwriter to sit face-to-face and thrash out you know, exactly what needs to be done with a certain risk and, and negotiate. That, and that's what's called the box, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And that, again, it you know, harkens back to our roots within the coffee shop where um, you would have uh, the wooden benches where the businessmen would sit and then the ship owners would come in and sit at the bench and talk about you know, what their cargo and their voyage um, and, and, and place their insurance that way. Okay, so let's get some facts and figures. Um, so how many syndicates are there at the moment? Um, so we have 99 syndicates uh, in the market at the moment. And is there going to be a special prize for the hundred? <laughs> Are they going to get special rates or something? <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment on that. Um, so yeah, we, we've got uh, ninety-nine syndicates, and um, that represents about 30, you know thirty-six billion pounds worth in in premiums who were written last year, for example. A billion, thirty-six billion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you look at the company market, that's twenty-six billion. Um, so that gives you a sense of of, of the difference there, um, and and in terms of you know, a, a taste of a, a, a day in the market, you would have 5,000 people coming into the building uh, to come to the market, whether they're underwriters, brokers, or um, or visiting. £100 million worth of premiums are placed every day. Just short of £50 million worth of claims are paid out every day. So that, if our maths is correct, it works out at um, £34,620 a minute. Wow. And like, like the, uh, the insurance and reinsurance business itself, um, it's a global business. Um, so it's important that, that we're uh, cognizant of that. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got platforms overseas in places like Brussels, Singapore uh, and Dubai. Um, we're uh, present in, in a huge number of countries uh, overseas. So there's the possibility to write business in over 200 countries, for example. Um, and yeah, through, through our distribution chain, um, clients and, and insureds are able to access Lloyd's. Now, whether that's through a local broker uh, into a Lloyd's broker or whether that's through a cover holder 
um, on the ground uh, somewhere around the world. So we've got a network of uh, almost 4,000 cover holders um, and they're basically, um, they have authority delegated to them by, uh, uh, by a managing agent to write business on their behalf under certain terms. Um, You've mentioned ma- managing agents there. And we mentioned them at the outset and said that we'd come back to them. So we, we probably ought to come back to them. So what's, what is a managing agent? So we, we, you have the syndicates who actually do the, the face-to-face insurance side of things. What are the managing agents? What role do they play? So the, the managing agents are effectively set up to um, hire the underwriters, provide the infrastructure and manage the syndicates. So they'll, they'll do all of that work. And then the syndicates are the underwriting teams themselves. And, and how, is, how is the market accessed? If I, if I wanted to buy an insurance policy, I, I, want, I, want, you know, I want to buy something from Lloyd's because that's a special brand or whatever. How, how would I go about it? So in simple terms, um, a policyholder would uh, go to uh, either their local broker or a Lloyds broker or even a cover holder. Um, and that broker would, uh, the, the Lloyds broker would come into the Lloyds market uh, to discuss the risk uh, with an underwriter. So they would know who the, the lead underwriters are and who the real specialists for certain products are. And so they would go and speak with them. And together they would, they would put a, a tailor-made policy together. Um, so sometimes risks are placed on a 100% basis with one underwriter and sometimes they're they're placed on a subscription basis and I think that that element of the subscription market is something that is so closely aligned with with Lloyd's and so closely associated with with Lloyd's and it's got a huge number of advantages in terms of for um, large risks in particular you're helping um, spread the risk and transfer the risk and and share that across multiple syndicates Um, you're also pulling on multiple uh, experts and and uh, underwriters who've got a huge amount of experience as well and and, uh, the broker and the client will really benefit from that too. So so the subscription market is one where there's a a lead underwriter who would say do 25% of the risk and then following insurance. Yeah, they would complete the placement up to 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, and and why do insureds still come to Lloyd's? As you say, there's a vast number of options out there. They could easily go to one of the huge, you know, American or Japanese insurance companies and and just get their risk covered 100 what is it about Lloyd's that still attracts business well, i think there there are a number of uh, different uh, things that that um that are kind of key to to Lloyd's advantage um uh, so whether it's you know the the nature of that subscription market and the expertise and the ability for uh underwriters to um, come together and, and cover risk in a way that maybe one single carrier couldn't, um, access to capacity, um, that kind of thing, the security as well. So um, at Lloyd's, there's £78 billion worth of assets to ensure that, that insureds are protected. Um, and I think the, the chain of security that, that Lloyd's has is a real differentiator. Um, so We've got kind of three links in that in that chain. So the the, the first thing is fifty one billion pounds worth of syndicate level assets. So that's the premium trust funds. Mm-hmm. The second link would be the members funds at Lloyd's. So that's their capital to support underwriting, and that's about twenty five billion pounds worth. And then we've got three billion pounds, which is this this third link in the chain of central assets, and those are member contributions. So. You know, Lloyd's has such a strong reputation in terms of, of paying claims. I think, you know, our reach as well, uh, the fact that we have representatives and um, 
platforms overseas uh, and we have that ability to write business in over 200 countries and territories. I think our culture as well, that, that drive to develop long-term relationships that are both at the benefit of, of the, the insured um, and also the marketplace. Um, you know, Lloyd, through Lloyd's, you can access approximately 82% of global non-life commercial insurance too. So, you know, all of those things together, the expertise, the fact that through marketplace dynamics, you have uh, a really diverse and dynamic marketplace that competes amongst itself, but also collaborates. And, and that is really, really unique. Mm. And that helps drive innovation, really. Um, you know, Lloyd's has been uh, a pioneer on that front from... Um, you know, creating the, the marine market to the first motor policy in 1904 to the first aviation policy in 1911, um, first satellite policy in 1965, um, first political risk policy in, in the 70s. And then you've got cyber, as I, as I mentioned, and then in, in the, the more recent 2000s, looking at, you know, drone insurance, uh, sharing economy and autonomous vehicles and, and, and really pioneering that, that product development. So I think all of those, all of those factors are, are, are real differentiators for us. So, so the future's bright then, you think? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. And it's, it's a really exciting time for the market um, in particular. Um, I know that you've, you've had uh, Lee from the LMA talk uh, on the future at Lloyd's, particularly in terms of the claims side of things. But we're undergoing a, a huge um, and necessary transformation program through the future at Lloyd's. And I would encourage anyone who is interested um, in insurance and reinsurance full stop um, to take a look at the Lloyd's website, lloyds.com, and, and take a look at the future at Lloyd's website in particular. Um, Blueprint One was launched in Q4 of, of this year, 2019, um, and that outlined uh, six ideas that will help to build the most advanced and, and customer-centric marketplace in the world. And that's, that is our ambition. You know, we want to provide greater value for customers, um, but we also want to ensure that business that's being written in the market is, is uh, sustainable and profitable um, and that we're, we're doing uh, as much as we can for the market participants. So, yeah, we've been around for 330 years, but we want to ensure that we're around for another 330 at least. Oh, well, thank you very much. And, and obviously, although um, your background is not from insurance, you've clearly become an evangelist for, for insurance <laughs> and for the Lloyd's market as a whole. Would you recommend insurance to a young person looking for a career? Yeah, I absolutely would. I absolutely would. And for, for a number of different reasons. So like you said, I, I don't come from an insurance background, um, but I really um, got bitten by the bug when I got here. So I did my CII qualifications because I thought that that was a way to um, fill some of the knowledge gaps and some of the technical knowledge gaps that I had. Um, and, and yeah, I think there's such a huge diversity of roles within the industry. It's such a people-focused industry as well. Um, but again, you've got very, very technical roles. You've got you know, more and more roles for data scientists, pulling in um, experts from a wide variety of fields that are non-insurance as well, because it's important that we're, we're bringing the industry um, into 2019 and beyond. And we need the expertise and the knowledge and the talent of young people who are okay with all kinds of technology, um, but also who, who can do the, um, the soft skills side of things and who can pick that, that kind of thing up. And there are so many programs for uh, bringing young talent into the market to give them rotations both in the corporation and, and across managing agents and brokers 
um, and really help them explore what avenue they want to go down, what their strengths are and, and how they can find a, a role for themselves within the insurance industry. But yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly recommend it. Brilliant. And kind of finally, what bit of advice would you give to someone based on your own experience to someone kind of entering the insurance industry now? Uh, I would say talk to as many people as possible. Uh, get used to drinking coffee or, or tea because, um, you know, that's the, the kind of centre of the majority of meetings. Um, I, I would say, yeah, just get out. Makes a change from red wine, which is what it would have been 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say talk to as many people as possible. Um, like I said, it, it is such a people business and the networks that you build, um, whether they're social or professional, um, will will have so much value long term. And, and I really think that starting to build those relationships is, is really important. You know, I'm on the marketing uh, and, and kind of business development side of things. And it, it's, a, it's a natural fit to have more, more of a social uh, and relationship focused role. But I think every role is, is going to have some component to that, even if you're, you know, the most technical specialist coding away. Um, having that ability to talk to people, work with people from a wide variety of backgrounds. Um, that's priceless. That's really, really important. Elliot Moore, that was absolutely wonderful. Thanks very much indeed. Very insightful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you for listening to Insurance Covered. Insurance Covered is an RPC production, recorded and edited by Mary Mitchell. We couldn't do this without Joe Burgess, Sean Alberts, and of course, our guests. Thanks to them. If you want to be a guest or have any feedback for us, please contact us on podcast at rpc.co.uk. Finally, please rate, share and review it. And please subscribe so that you can ensure receiving future episodes. Thank you.